Hey everybody, welcome back to Hawkeye Talk with Jimmy Hawk. Working on, on the sound being a little bit less tinny. I don't know how it's going to be this time. Hopefully it'll be a little bit better this go-around compared to last time, but still working on it. But hey, last episode was a rundown of Kirk Ferentz's first six years as the Hawkeyes head coach, going from 1-10 to three straight seasons in the top 10 in the nation. And one thing I was going to do but didn't get around to was look at what was popular in society in 1999 when Kirk Ferentz became the head coach at Iowa. I kind of like these things, but on TV, it was The Sopranos and The West Wing with How to Be a Millionaire was the top-ranked TV show. And on the big screen, it was American Beauty that won the Oscar for the Best Picture. And the top-grossing films in the United States were The Sixth Sense with Bruce Willis, Toy Story 2, Mike Myers, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me, and The Matrix. Some of the top songs were Baby One More Time by Britney Spears, Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega, No Scrubs by TLC, and The Backstreet Boys with I Want It My Way. The top rap album was Eminem's Slim Shady. And for country fans, it was Faith Hill's Breathe. That was a huge hit. Amazed by Lone Star, How Forever Feels by Kenny Chesney, and Something Like That by Tim McGraw. Well, that's what we were watching and listening to, or at least a lot of people were in 1999, the year that Coach Ferentz was brought into Iowa City. The last episode ended after Drew Tate led the Hawkeyes to a really good season and finished number eight in the nation after kind of a rocky start to the year, but the Hawkeyes beat Nick Saban's LSU Tigers in the bowl game, Capital One Bowl, in dramatic fashion. 2005 was a decent season, but just a bit of a drop-off from the prior three years. Iowa ended up 7-5, 5-3 in the Big Ten. They had a pretty talented team. Entered the season ranked, ranked number nine, but dropped a tough loss in Game 2 to Iowa State, 3-23. And if you recall this game, Iowa drove right down the field and then fumbled. Got the ball back, started driving down the field. Interception by Drew Tate. He tried to make the tackle and got a concussion and was out. And... Backup quarterback Jason Manson came in. Uh, he's actually new on Iowa staff this year, but he came off the bench and threw an, another interception. Iowa just couldn't get anything going. Had three fumbles, lost three fumbles in that game, two interceptions. So just a really rough game. And and who knows what could have happened if Drew Tate would have been, would have been healthy and, and the Hawkeyes maybe could have come back in that one. But... There were also back-to-back -back losses to Michigan in overtime and then to Northwestern after a huge comeback by Northwestern. That was really the low point of the season. And then the bowl game in 2005 is just a travesty. Go look it up on YouTube and watch all the calls that the refs blew. I hate blaming referees, but this is one of the most horrible officiating jobs I've ever seen. Lost by one touchdown to Urban Meyer's Florida Gators in the Outback Bowl. And that was Urban's first year with the team. You know, the final straw in that game was recovering an onside kick, and Chad Greenway was called for offsides. And he was clearly not offsides. We were at a restaurant bar in the, the Tampa area. Uh, after the game, people were passing around photos of Greenway, and he was well on the right side of the ball when it was kicked. So it was a disappointing game and, and kind of just a <laughs> disappointing end to a season where there was a little bit more potential than they were able to uh, overcome with, with some of the, the tough close losses. Well, Drew Tate had another good season. Albert Young was the running back. He had over 1,300 yards as a sophomore. And Clinton Solomon, Ed Hinkle, Scott Chandler were Tate's main targets. 
Marshall Yanda, Brian Ferentz, Mike Jones were some of the offensive linemen. It was senior year for Greenway and Hodge. Ed, Edwin Miles lined up next to them. Kenny Aweba was one of the defensive end. Kroll and King were both freshmen making their mark early on. Brian Madison at the other D end. Javon Johnson was a senior in the defensive backfield. Miguel Merrick, Marcus Pascal lined up with him. Ended up being just kind of a so-so season, but a, boy, a win in that bowl game would have really been a great way to end that season and get to eight wins. But I guess it just was not meant to be that year. And that Northwestern game, boy, that one really left a, a bad taste in my mouth with, with them coming back after the Hawkeyes were, were up late. Uh, really disappointing, but hey, this team was right there and just had some tough losses. 2006 was kind of an odd year with Drew Tate being a senior. Just didn't have as much success on the field. Iowa started off with four wins, including the two overtime win in Syracuse with the big eight-play goal line stand. It's simply known as The Stand. That goal line stand was unbelievable. Also, the emotions in that game, Mike Klinkenberg, Klinkenborg, his dad had just passed away prior to the game, and he was a huge player on that stand, a vital guy uh, to keep Syracuse out of the end zone. Drew Tate was hurt for this game, and Jason Manson started. And I've heard that Tate was kind of never fully healthy for the rest of the season after that. Well, I was, Iowa was ranked number 13 in Week 5 with number 1, Ohio State, coming to town for college game day. And I remember the excitement in the air that day, tailgating for a night game at Kennett, but the Hawks lost 17-38. to Then had a nice win over Purdue, but the disappointment just started mounting. A close loss at Indiana. Only six points scored at Michigan. A win over Northern Illinois, but then another loss to Northwestern. And only seven points scored in that game. And then a close loss to Wisconsin and Iowa City. Lost to Minnesota on the road. At 6-6, six and six, Iowa did get a bowl invite and went to the Alamo Bowl. Almost pulled off an upset of number 18, Texas. I remember getting Iowa had a TD called back for a receiver being covered up. So they were in an illegal formation where one of the receivers who went on a route wasn't allowed to based on the formation. May have been an okay call. It was tough to tell, but ended up being a two-point loss to Texas, 24-26 to in a 6-7 and season. Albert Young and Damian Sims, the little jitterbug, shared carries. Albert just under 800 yards. Damian just over 600 yards. wonder if Albert got hurt uh, that year after he had 1,300 yards the prior year, but True freshman Dominique Douglas, who was one and done, if you recall. He had some legal issues, but he was the leading wide receiver along with Andy Brodell and Scott Chandler again. On defense, Mike Klinkenborg was the leading tackler, followed by Edwin Miles, Charles Godfrey, Miguel Merrick, Kroll Madison, Mitch King, really standouts on the defensive line. 2007 was kind of an odd season with the Hawkeyes winning the first two games, including Syracuse at home, but dropping a two-point loss in a low-scoring game in Ames. And that was the first of a four-game losing streak with losses to Wisconsin, just a four-point game, and then losing to Indiana and Penn State. The Hawkeyes did grind out a low-scoring win over Illinois and then really got spanked by Purdue at ross Saint Stadium before riding the ship, winning three in a row. The two-overtime win at home over the Spartans that you always see on the Big Ten Network for some reason. A win at Northwestern, and then they beat Minnesota at home. Good always to have Floyd at home. Well, for some reason, Iowa hosted Western Michigan at the end of the season. I don't know what, what happened, just the schedule, I guess, how it shook out, but they lost that game 19-28, to and I just remember the disappointment in Kinnick that day. Losing to Western Michigan to end the season 6-6. Six and six. So Iowa was bowl-eligible, 
but did not go to a bowl game that season. Kind of interesting, and, and you could tell that Kirk was not a happy camper after that loss. Well, it was big-time recruit Jake Christensen under center, and the sophomore threw for over 2,200 yards and 17 touchdowns, but only completed 53% of his passes. Albert Young had just under 1,000 yards. Damian Sims had 500 yards rushing, and then freshman DJK and James Cleveland were the leading receivers. So there must have been an injury to Andy Brodell. He didn't have a whole lot of production that year. Brandon Myers, Tony Moyaki split time at tight end, and both of those guys had really nice NFL careers. And Tony, he had some injury issues that held him back during his athletic career. He could have been really special. On defense, Mike Kumpel was the leading tackler, followed by linebackers A.J. Eads and Mike Klinkenborg. There were some great players on defense, you know, again, King, Kroll, Godfrey, but the offense just couldn't score enough to win enough ball games that year. The 2008 Iowa Hawkeye football team is one that I really liked a lot. There was adversity, they kept going, and they ended up with a successful 9-4 and season, 5-3 and in the Big Ten. I think people were really getting concerned at this point with Ferentz. After the great success from 2002 to 2004, there were three years that were closer to 500 football and wins and losses, and you could see the tide changing a little bit. In 2008, if this team could just keep grinding, get over the hump, and pull out some close wins. Iowa had Maine in the first game of the season. Kirk Ferentz's first head coaching job was at Maine, and, and Iowa won that one easily. There was a 17-5 win over Iowa State in Iowa City, and the Cyhawk Trophy was back at home in Iowa City, where, where the Cyhawk Trophy belongs. But then the frustrating losses started to mount, losing at Pitt by one point, losing to Northwestern by five in Iowa City, and then by three to the Spartans in East Lansing. So I was three and three with three losses by nine points. Things started looking up. Hawkeyes broke loose to score 45 points and destroyed Indiana and Bloomington. Then beat Wisconsin 38 to 16 at home. And that was a just unbelievable game. I'll never forget Sean Green running over and around Badgers in that game. There was one more disappointing loss in this season. That was to Illinois and a field goal as time expired, losing by three. So Iowa had four losses and that was the total number of losses in 2008 by a total of 12 points. After that Illinois loss, it was one of my all-time favorite games. Undefeated third-ranked Penn State came to Kinnick on a cold day, one of the coldest that I can recall at Kinnick. I mean, there's been a few at that same level of coldness in Iowa City, but that one was just a rough one for some reason. And there was a lot of hype about Penn State winning the national championship if they could go undefeated. It was a classic Norm Parker defensive game plan that kept the score down. But the game started with Sean Green, Rambling for 14 yards and a touchdown. Iowa was down 13-7 to at halftime. Iowa quarterback Ricky Stanzi had a 27-yard TD pass to DJK in the third quarter. But the third quarter ended 23-14, to and things were not looking great until Sean Green scored another touchdown to make it a two-point game in the fourth quarter. It looked like Penn State was going to run the clock down late, but Tyler Sash, man, the great Tyler Sash, he had an interception at the 15-yard line, returned it, to the 29 with 3 minutes and 46 seconds left. And that gave Iowa one last chance. And they cashed in. Ricky Stanzi led the Hawkeyes on a 15-play, 57-yard drive that ended with a Daniel, Daniel Murray 31-yard field goal for the win. As they always say, he'll never have to buy a beer again in Iowa City, Daniel Murray, after, after drilling that field goal. It was an amazing day and very gratifying to see Iowa beat the third-ranked team in the nation 
dash their hopes for a national championship. Iowa beat Purdue the next week, then destroyed Minnesota 55 to nothing. A very entertaining game in many ways, with some of the news coming out of that game, if you recall. Well, I traveled with many other Hawkeyes back to Tampa, to the Outback Bowl, where Iowa and Sean Green beat Steve Spurrier's South Carolina Gamecocks 31 to 10. I remember a South Carolina fan saying to, to me and, and the group of friends that I was with the night before the game, we see Sean Green every week in the SEC. And Sean Green rushed for 129 yards and three touchdowns in the win. 2008 was a quarterback controversy here. Returning starter Jake Christensen and Ricky Stanzi were rotating in their center. Ricky got the nod after a few games and became the undisputed starter. Sean Green just had an incredible season in 2008. 307 rushes for 1,850 yards, an average of 6 yards per carry and 20 touchdowns. The Slickerville, New Jersey native was unanimous All-American, first-team All-Big Ten, Doke Walker Award winner for Best Running Back of the Nation, Jim Brown Trophy, and Big Ten Offensive Player of the Year. Darrell Johnson, Koulianos, Andy Brodell, Brandon Myers were the top receivers for Ricky. On defense, leading tackle, tackler was Pat Angerer. You know, he was, he was quite a character, Pat Angerer, and a great Hawkeye and Colt in the NFL. Jeremiah Hunter, Maurice Bavay, Brett Greenwood, Bradley Fletcher were next on that list. And the Oskaloosa kid, Tyler Sash, had five interceptions with 147 return yards. I really like this team and how they kept going despite some close losses. This was a team that could have probably had a little more success but the quarterback issues to start the year kind of held them back, and they ended up ranked 20th, and Captain Kirk had his team back in the top 20 rankings. Well, let's go to 2009. I talked about 2002 being one of my favorite teams, and 2009 is up there as well. This was a, a team building off the improvements in 2008 after you know, barely getting past you and I in the first game of the year. Actually, one of my least favorite games in recent history. I know Iowa State loses to you and I pretty frequently, but I was not ready for Iowa to lose to Northern Iowa. And it was the double-blocked field goals to preserve the win. It was just a nail-biter. It was just brutal sitting there in the stands watching that. But, hey, Iowa got the win. That's all that mattered. Iowa beat Iowa State the next week 35-3. to and then got a 10-point win over Arizona in Kinnick Stadium. Followed that up with a win over number 5, Penn State in Beaver Stadium. So the Hawkeyes were on a roll. Well, of course, they're on a roll, but they struggled mightily against Arkansas State at home in the next game, 1-3, by three, to stay undefeated and rank 13th in the nation. Next up was a win over number 12, Michigan at home, 30-28. to 28. And then a 20-10 win at Camp Randall in Madison. I was at that game. It was so exciting with the Hawks down 10 to nothing and scoring 20 unanswered points, just dominating the line of scrimmage and, and going to 7-0. Well, I visited my buddy, Hawkeye fan Juice, up into the, the, the Detroit area and attended the game at Spartan Stadium the next week that came down to a last-second drive with Ricky Stanzi finding Marvin McNutt for a seven-yard game-winning TD as time expired. Seven got six. Iowa won 15-13 to 13 over the Spartans. And what a crazy game. That stadium was just going nuts the whole night, and it just deflated when Marvin McNutt caught that touchdown pass. He really didn't want to make eye contact with any Michigan State fans after that. They were not happy at all. 
just another great, great Hawkeye win. Well, if that wasn't enough drama, next came the crazy Indiana game. Iowa was struggling in the first half, down 14 to nothing in the second quarter before Brandon Wager scored a four-yard touchdown. But another touchdown, as time was winding down, made it 21 to seven at halftime. The 8-0 Hawkeyes are struggling against an average Indiana team. Gosh, it's unbelievable. The third quarter didn't start much better with Indiana on the doorstep. Again, getting ready to go up 28-7 to and pretty much the game would be over at that point, it seemed like. But some sort of divine intervention led to the pass being batted. It bounced off a few different players. Tyler Sash reeled it in and went 86 yards for a touchdown. So instead of it being 28 or 24 to 7, if it was just a field goal there, it's a new ball game at 21 to 14, and we're thinking it's go time. Let's turn this thing around. Uh, but all of a sudden, Indiana got a field goal in the third to make it 24 to 14 going into the fourth quarter. So it was still pretty nerve wracking. So down 10, what do the Hawkeyes do? First, there was a 92 yard touchdown pass from Stanzi to McNutt to get within three points then a 66-yard TD pass to DJK to take the lead. And that was followed up by two Brandon Wegger touchdown runs and a 42-24 Hawkeye win. So 28 unanswered points in the fourth quarter. Just an amazing comeback win for the Hawkeyes. And you kind of knew that there was something special in the air at this point. Well, Iowa was, was ranked number four in the nation at this point. And then the big injury hit. Stanzi, Ricky Stanzi, was sacked. On a play-action pass, had ankle injury that knocked him out of the next game. Uh, but it was early on in the Northwestern game he got injured, and Northwestern came out with a 17-10 win at Kinnick Stadium. There's no way, no way Northwestern would have beaten Iowa if Ricky would have been healthy. Next up was Ohio State, backup James Vandenberg. Played a great game, but the Hawkeyes fell in overtime. I was able to, to get a win over Minnesota and then beat number 9 Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl. And I loved that Orange Bowl win. I traveled for that one with some buddies as well. And the weather wasn't great. It was blustery, cold 40s, tailgating before the game. It was kind of crazy, but seeing a win at the Orange Bowl was really special. Um, it was Norm Parker who put together the defensive game plan that just really stumped Georgia Tech all day. Ricky Stanzi with the love it or leave it quote people like to say, say still today after the really kind of odd post-game question that he got, USA number one, Ricky Stanzi. So that was, that was a fun season. It was a fun bowl game. And the Hawkeyes ended up ranked number seven at 11-2 and two on the season. And who knows what, what might have happened without the injury to Ricky Stanzi. Adam Robinson and Brandon Weger were the rushers on this team. A-Rob with over 800 yards, Weger with over 600 DJK, Marvin McNutt, Trey Strauss, Tony Boyaki were the star receivers. This was a stellar defensive team. Pat Angerer, leading tackler, followed by Hunter, then Tyler Sash, A.J. Eads. Adrian Claiborne was a load at defensive end. He had that unbelievable blocked punt that he scooped up for a touchdown in the Penn State game, you know, leading the Hawkeyes to the upset there. Carl Klug, Broderick Bins, Spivey, Greenwood, Ballard, Really good defensive team. And DJK had a great year returning kicks. And the big TD at Ohio State, that was just electric when he returned that, that touchdown, um, that kickoff for a touchdown. 
Brian Balaga, who's still in the NFL, was one of the stars on the offensive line, along with Julian Vandevelde, Kyle Callaway, Raphael Eubanks. It was a heck of a year, 2009. Kirk Ferentz led the Hawkeyes back into the top 10 for the first time since 2004. You know, and a step up from being ranked 20 the year before. You know, ranked number 7. That's the best finish that Kirk had had so far. So that puts us 11 years into the Kirk Ferentz era, and the Hawkeyes had four top 10 finishes. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, some really big wins in the Big Ten against the traditional powers, and an Orange Bowl win, some other impressive wins against SEC teams and bowl games. Well, that's all I have for today. hope you enjoyed another look into the past and Kirk Ferentz's seasons, 7 through 11, 2005 through 2009. There's a little dip in performance, and the Hawkeyes and Kirk Ferentz worked their way back up to be an elite top 10 team. Well, it's almost August. That means football is just around the corner, and I'm excited to get back to Kinnick and see some wins. I'm excited about this 2021 team. So go Hawks. We'll be talking again soon.